Good morning, International Christian Fellowship, Rome, and online campus. Pastor Jennifer here. I am so excited. It is summer in Italy, and it is summer, maybe winter, wherever you're watching from on your continent. But today, I want you to lean into the worship. I want you to lean into the ministry of the Word. We truly are complete in Jesus Christ. So I want you to have a fabulous service Wherever you are, if you can, stand up. Worship with the worship team. Say to the Lord, God, I want you to speak to my life today, and I know he will. Let's have a wonderful service together. For a few moments, um, today is our communion celebration. We have so many amazing activities going on. And so in this attitude of worship, we have worshiped, we have given, we also want to celebrate the act of worship that Jesus did for communion. And uh, we are going to have some children do some things later, probably in the second service. I'm not sure some of the kids can't. They're probably still sleeping in before second service. So we'll come back to that in just a minute. But if you have not been served with your communion, please lift your hand. Okay, anyone who does not have an individual communion cup, just lift your hand over here maybe. You should all have your own individual communion cup. And in case this is your first time to do communion with us, we serve an open communion. And you are welcome to join us. It's a holy ordinance of the church. So just raise your hand if you need a communion element. You're going to peel back the top layer for the wafer and then the second layer for the juice. And so today, as we partake of communion together and even welcome our online family to do the same. You know, in second service, I know that we're gonna have someone from our online campus on campus, and I'm so looking forward to introducing you together to some people. But I want you to get your bread and your juice. I want you to recognize this morning that Jesus, say Jesus. Jesus is inviting you, inviting me, inviting us to his table it's not just a religious ritual that we do this is a moment where he said do this in remembrance of me and so as he invites you imagine you know when you really want to just have a meal with somebody and you pull them up to the dinner table or the lunch table and you lean in and you say tell me about your week what's going on in your world that's what Jesus is doing when we remember what he did. So maybe you would say, you know what, I've been sick or I have sickness in my body. I have infection. I have disease. We had a child this week who has been healed and is recovering from a stem cell transplant. Healing in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? I want you to know that God wants to heal you. And so as we partake at this invitation of Jesus. I can't say it enough that I want you to imagine you have walked into an inner court, not, not ICF Rome, into the court, into the throne room of Jesus and Father God and the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, I invite you to receive the healing that I have already done on the cross for you. We know that in Isaiah 53, 5, it says, but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we 
are healed. I think about that, that when I have a need in my body, do I just pray and expect to stay sick? Or do I pray with expectation that by his stripes on that cross, by his wounds, healing will flow? So I want you to lift up your bread with me. And I want you to examine yourself as the scripture tells us to do. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 says, I receive from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body. This do in remembrance of me. As we partake of this bread today, if you have a sickness or a need in your body, I believe we had prayer online on Wednesday, and I know that God was healing some people. He maybe was beginning the healing. So I want you to hold this wafer up in anticipation and expectation of the healing that wants to flow into your body. Father, right now, I thank you for the wounds that you took, for our sickness, for our disease, for our discouragement. God, you are healing us, our mind, our bodies, our soul. You are healing us. We thank you for healing. We thank you for the virtue of Jesus Christ that can flow into our bloodstream. Maybe you have a blood disease, and right now God is saying, I am healing it in Jesus' name. A ripple effect of sickness that is causing you turmoil, God is saying, no more. Today it stops. Today I'm healing you. Claim and receive that healing right now. We thank you as we take this wafer in remembrance of your body bruised for us, Lord God. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's take the bread. It says in 1 Corinthians 11, 26, whenever you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Verse 27, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, everyone, say everyone, none of us is exempt. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. This cup offers forgiveness. You know, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but there are people in my life, in my friend's circle, in my family circle, that forgot they need to ask Jesus to forgive them. They let the world suck them in. And they've fallen, and they need prayer, and they need redemption. And I pray this morning, as we think about Jehovah Jireh, our provider, that none of us become so prideful that we think, I don't need to ask Jesus to constantly purify my attitudes, my motives, my heart. So this morning, in obedience to the scripture, not to me, to the God's word, I ask you to examine your heart. If you don't know Jesus, this is a moment where you can say, Father, I invite you to be in my life. Forgive me of my sins. If you know Jesus, but you've chosen not to trust him, I invite you to say, Jesus, forgive me. 
I will trust you. I will declare that I am pure and I am whole before you. Father, as we drink the cup in remembrance of you, I pray that you would examine my heart. If there's anything in me that's displeasing to you, God, clean it, purify it, show me so I can walk in new direction, strong in faith, holy before you, Lord God, for each and every person in this room. Maybe someone here has harbored bitterness and unforgiveness, and the Lord is saying, I forgive you as you forgive those who trespass against you. We ask you, God, to forgive us. I thank you for shedding your blood on the cross for me, for my children, for my grandchildren, for my friends, for my family. I thank you that no sin is too great, that your blood can't wash us clean. We thank you for forgiveness. We don't take our salvation lightly today, Lord. And we worship together as we remember you. Let's drink together. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Can you just lift your hands for a moment and just tell him thank you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, you're good. You're so good. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You tell him, you know, I love it when my family tells me, I love you, Mom. Or you look great. I want you to tell Father God, I love you, Dad. I love you, Abba. You are great in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Well, this morning, I want you to know that I have a great message. I am so thrilled that my daughter still gets to be here. How many of you enjoyed Jacqueline's message last Sunday? And um, she's going to head out this week back to the U.S., but I get to keep Giovanna for a little bit longer, so that's going to be awesome and wonderful. And uh, I want to welcome uh, a very new family that is a missionary family from the Assemblies of God U.S. So I'm going to invite Kim and Chris and your kids. Would you come up here for a moment? And let's just welcome Pastor Chris and Kim. Come on, you can do better than that. Woo! <laughs> Come on up. The kids, uh, the kids went to kids' church, so that's great. The kids, um, tell us about the children, how old okay. they are and yeah. who they are. So Cooper is eight and Bria is seven. Awesome. Um, she'll be eight later on this month. So. And Kim, where did you come from to get here? Uh, we are from Missouri, from Springfield, Missouri. And when did you get here? Oh, we went to Wednesday. <laughs> <That's the jet-lagged. laughs> Thursday. <laughs> yes. And um, Chris and Kim were at, well, Chris... Uh, was actually here in Rome as a child, and we're also so happy to have his sister Alicia and her family. Alicia, just stand and wave at everybody. <laughs> was Alicia here in Rome too? She was a, a baby probably, but his parents, I think, helped with kids' ministry and lots of things at ICF Rome many, many years ago. But Chris, just tell us what you're doing here, and we're so glad. I'm so happy that you're here. <laughs> We've been waiting to get them here. So yes, we're here to uh, work with children. Uh, with children here at ICF, but also Italian children. Children, God's called us to uh, start a camp for foster kids, a summer camp for foster kids, and also to start a Christian after-school program, and hopefully not just for the internationals, but also for the Italians. Amen. And so we're looking forward to doing that. We're so happy. Thank you. And how old were you when you lived here in Rome before? Well, uh, a little bit of our history. We landed with my parents as missionaries back in 1986, 
uh, here in Italy. And uh, we moved down to Rome. Uh, my parents, along with Terry Hoggard, actually helped start ICF. I believe it was 1988, 89, somewhere in there. And so uh, ICF is my childhood home. Uh, so I left when I was 18. So when we were downtown Rome near Termini, I actually had my graduation from high school at ICF. So, Yay, so welcome home. Amen. <laughs> Thank you so much. Okay, you guys make them feel welcome. We love you guys so much. You know, it's really amazing how God brings people in and out. I love the hellos. I'm not so crazy about the goodbyes. We said goodbye to Jesse for a little while last Sunday, and we welcome and say hello to Chris and Kim. So God gave us double blessing, so that's awesome, but really four because you got there's four of you, so we're so happy about that. And um, for all of you who served at camp or attended camp, I want you to pop up real fast. Stand up if you served at camp. Come on. Yes. Alfred, you did serve. I know you did. Yes. Come on. I know you did. Uh, okay. So maybe. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much. Media back there. Yes. Awesome. Thank you. It was a fantastic week. And we've had so many testimonies from the parents and the children of what God was saying to them. And basically what we reminded all of us is that we're not of this world. Amen. We're not of this world. We have a path on the way to heaven, and God's going to do some amazing things in our lives. And it was so beautiful. On the last day, we asked, what did you learn? And they began to say, I learned to worship. I learned that with God, all things are possible. I learned that he gives me peace. We had children who prayed for their families, and then their families came in one day and asked for prayer. We had families from other faiths that really needed to know that Jesus is the king, and they were here every single day. On the first day, some of those children were like, I have never been in a place like this. And so I said, do you love to dance? And one little girl said, no. <laughs> and I said, do you exercise at school? She said, yes. I said, well, this is just like exercise. And I want you to know by the third day, she was dancing and leaping and praising God. It was so amazing. And that flag, Boriana from Bulgaria got the kids to do uh, their flag so you could see that we are international. Naresh, our rocket space engineer helped to engineer the rocket and gave all kind of science lessons all week. It was fantastic. Um, Bose managed the store and all of the children throwing the gold coins and the media team, just everyone, Salome, all of our staff. So can we just say thank you again? I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Some of you know that have been here with us longer. Normally, we have U.S. teams from other churches that come, and um, it could be 20 or 30 helpers, and they have helped so, so much. Last summer, we had a few people from Milan and a couple places that came down to help. But this year, Joel and his team did it all by themselves, and I was so very proud of our church. Awesome, awesome. So we are completely chosen, but you have to walk in that choosing, right? You have to walk in that calling. So this morning, I just want to pray, and I want to ask the Lord to speak to your heart as he has spoken to mine, even for this month's theme. We are completely chosen. It's urgent that we respond to God. And Father, I pray that you would help each of us to trust your calling in Jesus' name. Amen. 
I'm going to talk fast, you listen fast, and we'll try to get done on time, okay? Colossians 1, 10 through 12 says, You will live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Being, what does it say? Strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great and patience and giving joyful thanks to the Father who has you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. This is our verse for the month. And there is so much packed in these verses. I pray that this week you will break it down. Take one word, take one phrase and say, Lord, what are you saying to me about my calling and my inheritance? As we've gone through this year, we've learned a few things. That you are his and you are loved. So you're not lonely, you're not alone, you're his and you are loved. You are connected and you are convinced of his supremacy, right? We don't do life alone. I say it all the time, and I don't do it in my own strength. We do it because of his supremacy. You are forgiven, even as we did communion today, and you are whole. Say whole. It means that whatever has happened in your life, as God has redeemed you, you're not broken, you're not less than, you're whole. And he wants to use your whole story for his calling. I want you to walk in his calling. He's urging us to walk worthy. You know, what does that mean to me? It means that as we look at the scripture and we understand who's calling us, I want you to say to yourself, who am I chosen by? Chosen by whom? In the next couple Sundays, today and next week, for those of you, wait till you hear this, not today, but I'm going to tell you about Elijah and Elisha today, and about Gideon and the Zambian soccer team, about a story that is still unfolding, and you're going to want to hear that. So I ask you, who have you been chosen by? Verse 12 says, the Father has qualified you. So stop putting yourself at the bottom of the list and doubting God's plan. How many times do we get a job and then we lose the job? Or we had a contract and we don't have a contract? Or we have a big old question mark in front of the months ahead? You have not been chosen by your company. Hear me. You have not been chosen by your university. You have been chosen by God. The Father, the creator of all, and he is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. Amen? Amen. Elijah and Elisha represents what it means to be chosen. In 1 Kings 19, I want to read a few verses, and you're going to see on the slide the focus of the verse that we read. Verse 4 says, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, Elijah, he said he was afraid and ran for his life. Jacqueline talked about it last, last week. He came to a broom bush, and he sat down under that bush, and he prayed that he would die. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Anybody ever say, I've had enough? <laughs> no more. Please, no more, God. All at once, an angel touched him and said, get up and eat. You know what I love about this? In our choosing, God is very practical. Yeah. 
He's very practical. If you have not, I know some of you get on to me for not eating like I'm supposed to during the day sometimes, but we need to eat and drink physically, right? We need to eat and drink spiritually. We need to eat and drink the word of God and the living water. So if you're weary, if you're questioning God, maybe he's saying to you, get up and eat. Watch how that changed your mindset. In verse 6, it says, he looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. Hmm, I guess Jehovah Jireh provided what he needed for the instruction that was given. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. So what did he do? He got up and ate and drank, and he was strengthened by that food. And he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights till he reached Horeb. And there he went into a cave and spent the night. Now, I don't know about you, but if I went into a cave to spend the night after 40 days and 40 nights, I'm not sure that I would feel refreshed and confident. I might feel a little bit tired. I might feel like I wish I had a hot shower. But the word of the Lord came to him. Okay, so here's Elijah, this man of God, telling God, I want to die. And God's saying, okay, I understand how you feel, but just get up and eat, okay? And here's the food to eat. And then Elijah's like, okay, I ate. Now I went on this journey. I'm just going in this cave. And God shows up and says to him, now why are you doing this? What are you in here for? And he replied, I've been very zealous for you, God. I've done everything you've asked, but the Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death by the sword. I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. You know what I love about the Bible? You can be real with God. You can be real with God. You can say, I am really tired. And I need you to give me strength and sustenance. I am really annoyed that all these people are trying to like kill me and destroy my dreams. And God is saying to him, the Lord said, go out. Now, wouldn't you expect God, Abba Father, to put his arm around Elijah and say, Elijah, I'm so sorry you feel this way. I love you. You're so strong. No, God didn't do that. He said, okay, I hear what you're saying. Go out and stand on the mountain. In the presence of the Lord, because the Lord is about to pass by. What we saw and experienced at kids' camp this week was that no matter how tired we were when we came in from day to day, as soon as we got in the presence of the Lord with worship and praise, somebody that was here, say amen with me. Joy began to flow. Energy began to flow. God was doing something in his presence. And then it says, a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks. Okay? So I want you to go back home tonight and read 1 Kings chapter 19. And I want you to understand that even in verse 15, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came, go to the desert of Damascus, and when you get there, when you get there, in other words, you're going to get there. <laughs> Chris and Kim, you're going to get there. Might take longer than you hoped, but you're going to get there. When you get there, anoint the king. And then I want you to understand, <clears throat> God was in the whisper. God is in the whisper. Sometimes we're so busy telling God what we want 
that we forget to listen to the Lord's response to us, right? The Lord's instruction to us. In order to hear the next direction, we have to listen to his whisper. That's why we do praise and worship. That's why we, it's like we're stirring up our heart and our soul and our atmosphere so that we can hear the word of the Lord that gives us life and hope and encouragement. He says to him, get up and eat. In other words, do the day, right? Don't stay in bed. Don't cry. Don't mope. It's urgent because I have an appointment for you with the king in the land, God has given all of you assignments. You have been completely chosen by him. He knows the place that you're working in may not be so easy. Solomon, you can come onto the keyboard if you would. God is saying, get up and eat. And then he's saying, go and stand in the presence of the Lord. Wait and listen for his voice. He's about to pass by. I believe that I hope that you come to church, you come into God's house expecting a word from the Lord. I do, not only in delivering the word or asking someone else to deliver the word, I expect the Lord to speak to my heart. I can stand there and worship. I can hear the Lord saying, get up and eat. Don't be afraid. I'm sending more warriors to be with you. God speaks and we obey. But sometimes we speak and expect God to obey. I want to say it again. Sometimes we speak and expect God to obey. Sometimes God is saying, I want you to calm down. I just want you to get up and eat and do the day. Stand here. That's why we do the altar. Stand here. The presence of the Lord is about to pass by. And in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Elijah was faithful when he wanted to die so Elisha could follow his calling. Moses was faithful in spite of his mistakes so Joshua could take the baton and get to the promised land. Both of these people had the choice to obey. Both of them had battles to confront. Both had the word of the Lord and the miracle working power to do their call. You think you've got battles. We all have battles. Jesus had battles, but he went to the cross so that he could defeat death, hell, and the grave. And when we stand, whether it's in your mirror, whether it's laying on your bed, whether it's sitting in your chair or on the bus, and you're just sharing like Elijah did, God, I just want to die. I just have had enough. Hear the word of the Lord. Get up and eat. Stand in the presence of the Lord. His presence is about to pass by. That's what I'm praying for this morning. What are you chosen for? To live a life worthy of God. Our life is a testimony. Your life is a sermon you preach every single day. Every single day. It's not about the what you do. It's about the who. Hear me. It's not about what. It's about who. Father God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, He's here. He wants to heal. He wants to comfort. He wants to strengthen and renew you. I want you to bear fruit. The Lord wants you to bear fruit. 
That's what Elijah and Elisha were doing. That's what Moses and Joshua were doing. That's what Naomi and Ruth did. That's what so many in Scripture did. It says, even as we took communion, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread. Get up and eat. The Lord is going to be with you. I want you to stand all over this house. I want the worship team to come. I want you to know this morning that you have been called to walk in this life. I want you to learn to say yes to God. Stop saying no. Say yes to God. Yes. Can you say yes? Yes. Say yes to God. What if the yes is, he said, be still? Yes. What if the yes is like Jesse waiting 10 years for her healing of migraines is keep praying, keep believing? Will you say yes? What if the yes is yes, this loved one has gone. This loved one is with, with Jesus in heaven, but he's saying, you're not done. You're still here. You're not done. You say yes. What if you're here in university and you're saying, I'm not sure what the next thing is, and God says, I got you right where I want you right now. Do the day. Say yes to God. The second thing is I want you to learn to say no to the things that pull you away from Jesus. Say no to the world's mentality. Say no to that negative mindset. Say no to the enemy saying you're always going to be sick. You're never going to be enough. The word of God says you are more than a conqueror. He said greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to my father. So when you say I'm not enough, you're saying he's not enough. But he's more than enough. Amen. I want you to recognize the difference between God's best and just settling for barely getting by. Recognize the difference between God's best and just barely getting by. I want you to wake up. I put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. I declare the name of the Lord over my life every morning and every evening. I can do nothing in my own strength, but through Christ, I can do all things. The children learned with God all things are possible. And in case you don't know how to do it, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God will be thoroughly equipped for every good work. You are chosen. He put the talents that you have in your life. You don't have to be like somebody else. He wants you to be like you, but he wants you to be like him. Amen? He takes you and then says, now I'm going to put the nature of Christ on you. And you're going to flow in the nature of Christ. You're going to fulfill the dreams and the callings that I have for you, says the Lord. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your presence. As we prepare to come to this altar for close in prayer together, I pray, Lord God, that we would recognize we've been chosen to live worthy and to bear fruit and to know that you have equipped us. Wow. I'll tell you what. The presence of the Lord is so real to change your life. So today I want to invite you to pray with me. Maybe you would say, Pastor Jen, the ministry of the word and the scripture today really challenged me to draw closer to Jesus.
So right now, I want to invite you to say to the Lord, I want to give you all of my heart. So I want you to repeat this prayer with me, and then I want you to send me an email later and let me know I'm making some new decisions to go deeper with Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus, you say it, dear Lord Jesus, I ask you right now, come into my heart, change my life, help me to walk closer to you, Jesus, than ever before. I trust you and I receive your love and I receive your forgiveness. In Jesus' name, amen. That is the best prayer you have ever prayed. And you know why I know? Because the Bible says, choose you today who you will serve. So every day you have to wake up and decide, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this day, in this circumstance. I also know that there are so many who have big needs. They have big prayer requests before God. So I'm praying with you right now, wherever you are, that the Lord would surround you, that in this very moment, God, I pray that the Holy Spirit of God would come and descend in that room of listening, in that living room, in that dining room, uh, in that car, God, wherever someone is listening right now, and that their faith would jump alive, that they would hear you saying, I'm not done. I'm still working on it, says the Lord. I've got a miracle in motion for you, so I want you to believe with the Lord. I want you to walk in victory, and I want you to know that the Lord is with you. And Father, we thank you for the miracle testimonies that are in the making that we're going to hear in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I also want to thank you for being a part of our online campus. I thank you for your online giving. I thank you for the way you're investing in the way we invest in people's lives. It's not just for today. It's for eternity. And so I want you to say to the Lord, God, how can I do more for the kingdom of God right where I am, whether I'm online or on campus? There are so many wonderful activities. You need to check out the website. You need to click for registrations. There's going to be so many wonderful things that we have to offer this summer. You may go on vacation, but we don't take a vacation from Jesus. Remember, Jesus is with you wherever you go, and we must stay connected. So take advantage of online ministry and online giving to stay connected to what God is doing in you and through you with the body of Christ here at the International Christian Fellowship of Rome. I love you, and I know this is going to be a fantastic week.